and we are live, gentlemen. Good evening, all. Hello. Hi. Cheers. Can you guys hear us okay? Everything working out on the YouTubes? How's the audio, uh, Liz? Can you hear all three of us? You guys say something. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Alrighty. Says yes. Looks like we're good. So, everyone, welcome to the first Dudes with Beards podcast, episode uno. Uh... Thanks, uh, hey, new subscriber, Mr. Tim Hooday. Hey, Tim, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Uh, you guys probably can't see that because you're not watching the, uh, the stream, but if somebody subscribes, it will pop up and do a little notification. I see it. I just saw it on the... Yeah. I need a third screen instead. <laughs> I don't have enough screens to have everything up and running. That can be an issue. So, to kick us off here, um, we were going to do a little uh, introduction bio for each of us. Does anybody uh, want to go first? I'll go first if you guys don't want to. Yeah, that's fine. Let me go first. All right. So my name's Joe. Um, I uh, we'll do a little. We'll do like a career, a little bit of a career history, personal history, maybe some interests from the three of us, just to give everybody an idea of where we're coming from, what we like to talk about, um, what we talk about pretty much on a daily basis, sending links back and forth to each other, whether that be on our Facebook group posts or just texting back and forth. So um, I have uh, been in the IT industry for about 15 years or so with a focus on virtualization and uh, architecture. I did go to college for computer science, but I did not finish. Um, you know, this this little thing called children happened uh, during that time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, soon, well, in the middle of that uh, endeavor, I started my career in the telecommunications industry um, and ended up going and doing that full time for uh, about 17 years. Uh, about halfway through that, I got on the IT side of things and kind of never looked back. Um, I was a certified uh, master technician from uh, the National Cable Television Institute. Uh, which pretty much means, you know, I can uh, run telephone, cable, fiber, uh, climb telephone poles, you know, hook up just about anything to a TV, you know, stuff like that. I'm also a Microsoft Certified Technology Specialist for Windows Server and Active Directory, and then a VMware Certified Professional for Data Center Virtualization, Cloud Management, and Automation. So I've been married for 24 years, be 25 this June. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to do for that. Um, I have two kids, both in college. I have a daughter and a son. Uh, three dogs, two cats, so two ja two uh, boxers and a Jack Russell. And my interests are uh, computers and technology. Duh. You know, I've been building my own computers for over 20 years. Um, love to, uh, to, to dabble in home automation, as do these guys. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to talk about that. Uh, love craft beer. If you know me, you know I'm always looking for that next good IPA. 
And then recently, I've been more into video production and editing and things like that, hence our endeavor to this podcast. So enough about me. Um, who wants to go next? Matt, I'll go next. I'll, t- I'll take I'll take it. So my name is Matt. Um, I'm a clinical engineer. I maintain and repair hospital equipment. I'm going on nine years in September. Uh, my main focus is ventilators and anesthesia machines. So as of this video, my job is kind of stressful right now with what's going on in the world. Uh, I did go to school for that at Cincinnati State. I got an associate's. I've been married for 13 years now. Uh, we have a little girl. She's six and two dogs. Uh, my interests are like home DIY stuff. Kind of try to handle everything I can myself before paying someone else. Uh, anything automobiles, you know, stuff that goes fast, um, stereos, just tech. Um, like to do a little bit of working out. Um, real big into the keto low carb lifestyle for the last three, almost four years. Um, that's really about it. Cool. That's it. I mean, I don't want to go on too long, drag this out any longer than it has to be. Uh, all right. Well, my name is Darren. Uh, I pretty much worked tons of jobs because I couldn't ever find anything I was happy with. Uh, then I finally got hired on at uh, a public works department in a local uh, city here. And uh, I just seven days ago had uh, 14 years in there. So Nice, nice. Yeah, so... You know, I have my own crew. And I, we do things around the city for the park streets, cemeteries, and uh, fleet. So it keeps my job pretty active all the time. Uh, I've been married for eight years. Um, I have a four-year-old son, and he's a handful. Uh, I have four dogs, two chihuahuas, a men's and a boxer pit mix. Uh, just like everybody else here, my interests are, you know, Home automation, remodeling, DIY, electronics, gardening, you know, and I like to uh, partake in adult beverages. So, Oh, yeah. Cool. Short well, and sweet. Uh, yeah, so um, with that, I think the focus of this podcast was, again, just for us to discuss uh, on, on air – the things we're talking about anyway on a daily and weekly basis. So, you know, I, I kind of just threw this idea out to uh, Matt and Darren. They were like, yeah, let's do it, and we'll see where it goes. So, you know, we're, we're, we're sending this stuff back and forth anyway, so why not share it a little bit if maybe it'll benefit other people and it'll be interesting and entertaining, if nothing else, during these times when you have nothing better to do, and we'll kind of see where it goes. So uh, with that, we've uh, we've prepared some uh, articles that we've been saving over the last week to, to discuss and talk through and get everybody's opinions on. I think we have some pretty unique perspectives because we all have, while we're similar backgrounds, we all have some very distinct um, backgrounds as well. So um, with that, I'm going to switch over and we'll uh, start going through the articles. So the first one up on the list um, that uh, we were talking about for this week was uh, why the Internet probably won't break during you know this uh this this pandemic 
So this was uh, pretty interesting. I'm sure, um, you know, I've been working from home for the last two weeks. I've been on a lot of meetings with customers. Um, you know, you guys have probably dealt with this in various ways uh, as, as well. So just want to get your opinions, your experience, like what what is broken, if anything? You know, have you had any issues with the Internet? Um, what are you guys seeing over the last couple of weeks with this? Uh, I really didn't see much. Uh, I've been fighting a slowdown problem because I have over a hundred and some different uh, Wi-Fi devices going on in my house at one time. So uh, the uh, internet crashed Saturday, wasn't it? Saturday yeah, evening. I think it was Saturday evening for about an hour. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, crap. What was this? What was that? I went down, restarted my modem. And uh, actually just restarting my modem because I haven't done it in probably six months or a year because <laughs> it's nothing you just think about. Uh, actually pretty much fixed my internet. I mean, it's still a little bit slow, but I was pulling speeds off of 5G uh, in my house like right around 220, 210. So, I mean, I can't complain about that. But we all were a little worried about uh, the internet crashing a little bit but it only went down that one little bit and i think matt you experienced it too didn't you yeah mine was saturday morning it's around 10 10 30. Uh, just everything was wigging out uh trying to stream some stuff on a bedroom tv and it was super pixelated and certain things just didn't want to connect um, but ours without any intervention of a modem rebooting just kind of leveled out and came back online. But, you know, checking the, the local Facebook pages, you know, a lot of people in my area, you know, there was some chatter going on about, hey, are you down? I'm down. Oh, no, the Internet's down. <laughs> um, so assuming all those people were just on cellular service. Uh, but, yeah, it was probably about 45 minutes an hour for us of just some intermittent stuff. But it's been fine, you know, ever since Saturday. <laughs> it was... It was so bad I had to had to uh, tether my work phone to my TV so my son didn't cry. Actually, I just turned on on-air TV, and he was watching something on PBS Kids. I mean, it entertained him for a little bit until it came back up. But we don't realize how dependent we are on the Internet until, uh, until it goes down. Oh, yeah, for sure. We're in yeah, such a connected I, um... age. I guess along those same lines, I mean, maybe we should talk a little bit about what we are using, you know, you know, at our outer houses, like what, what kind of equipment do you guys have and uh, um, things like that. I mean, as far as routers and internet speed and, th and stuff like that. Well, I have my, uh, <clears throat> I actually have my own router or modem from that I purchased because Time Warner used to charge us and then spectrum bottom and then you know now it's free but i'm thinking about upgrading to the 400 meg so they have to have their modem to do that but uh i run uh just the google wi-fi pups in my house i actually have five of them then i have a ambiquity uh nanotech that repeater that actually bridges the internet down to my barn which is about 350 feet away from the house mm -hmm. and then i have a nighthawk down in there so i have internet everywhere 
Yeah, what about you, Matt? What are you using? You have a... I have a, the Ubiquity 2 system, the <clears throat> base station and the satellite. Uh, that's some really cool person uh, gifted to me. <laughs> um, and I'm using a Zoom modem with Spectrum uh, with the 210 service. Yeah, and, um, you know, I th I've had a couple of blips here and there, like I said, working from home. Been on a lot of Zoom meetings, and, you know, that's what we're using now to kind of do this this video. Um, and I've noticed during the beginning of the week, there was a lot of issues with audio. Like the audio would, would go robotic or just kind of uh, be hard to hear someone because it was like it was being super compressed or something. We would be on video and audio at the same time. Like the video would be fine. Like video never got interrupted at all. Um, but it seemed like people would, if they dialed in on their phone, the audio would have issues. I don't know if that requires more bandwidth because it's coming from an outside source. But if you used computer audio source, most people weren't having an issue. So I did notice that a lot uh, this week. Um, and there's a little bit, I, I read another article about um, how Zoom and Netflix and uh, I think it was Dropbox, how they were, what they were doing to scale up their infrastructure uh, you know, because there's so many people working from home, kids are out of school, people are playing video games, they're streaming Netflix, whatever. And then that's what kind of what, you know, this article was talking about. And I don't know if you guys can see the graph, but it's basically just showing this graph from January until like March 22nd, the internet usage and, you know, of course it's going to spike up and, and, and we're going to see an increase because people are, are at home. I think the interesting thing is like if you're at work, most corporate environments have dedicated internet links, you know, to a major hub, internet hub of some sort, right? Um, when, but when you're at home, now you're talking about that last mile, right? So now you're dependent on that cable infrastructure, that DSL infrastructure, that fiber infrastructure, and it may not necessarily be ready to handle, you know, those people on their Zoom meetings or their video conferencing, plus all the kids playing games and streaming and whatever, right? So. Uh, this article is talking a little bit about, you know, that last mile would be the biggest impact and impact. And I think maybe that's some of the things that we had seen, whereas, um, you know, as a whole, it seems like it's okay. And I think we have a couple of other articles that are talking um, to some other points that may be related to this. But I think um, I think most of the infrastructure was ready and it, and it has been handling it. You know, we'll see if it continues to do so or not over the next uh, probably two or three weeks at least. Yeah, luckily yeah. we never saw anything at work. I mean, we got dedicated fiber lines, but so I wish I could have that home. <laughs> yeah, we saw some slowdowns at work, but I think that was more from um, some changes they made uh, to site availability, I would say. Um, so they had to go in and, and tweak um, their policies uh, for what sites or, or what portion of the site you're allowed to see is how the IT guy was trying to explain it to me because mm -hmm. kind of beginning of the week we were seeing um, some pretty significant, you know, slowdowns from a, a, a web page that we use every day to log our, our work. Yeah. Um, taking way longer than normal to, to load pages. You know, so we replaced a ticket and, you know, come back to find out it's just some policies or changes that IT was making across the whole um, health network, you know, that we're part of. Uh, but luckily that was resolved um, in 24 hours. 
still a little slower, but you know, better than it was. Yeah, I definitely think um, depending on what the service is, if it's something that's in the cloud, if it's a if it's a software as a, a software as a service solution, or if it's something on prem, you know, it, it's going to depend on where it's coming from. And I think um, you know, places like or services like Zoom and Netflix and even Facebook, because they're in the cloud, and I say that you know with quotes, they're able to scale up maybe a little easier. Um, they have, you know, or if they're in something like AWS or Azure or whatever, they can kind of scale up those services because it's not their hardware. They're just consuming more of whatever that hardware is that's maybe already in the cloud for their subscription. So, but if you're relying on your own hardware, you know, trying to order that hardware, get it installed and cabled and set up and, you know, that's much more difficult. Um, so I think you're going to see these, these, these cloud services be able to handle this, you know, relatively well. I think, you know, if you live in a, a big neighborhood or, or, um, you know, a neighborhood that has a lot of people working from home and, and doing things on the internet, you may be more impacted because, uh, you know, as Darren knows, you know, we used to work in the cable industry. Um, the, the node size, you know, especially for uh, like a, something with a cable network, uh, you, all of these houses are served by a single fiber node. And you, you, maybe that's 200 houses, maybe that's 50 houses. You know, it, it's broken down based off of, you know, how much bandwidth usage there is and they'll increase it as they need to. But that's something that takes a very long time to do because it requires physical infrastructure to be installed. So hopefully we don't have too much of that going on, but maybe in big cities, I would assume, but you know, who knows? Um, I I haven't seen a huge impact, and it sounds like for other than a couple of blips, you guys aren't either. Yeah, I know uh, in Monroe, they've been running fiber like crazy uh, up and down State Route 63. They've just been pulling fiber, seems like forever. But uh, honestly, I think it's for that new Kroger, uh, that automated Kroger that they're building right there. Mm-hmm. Because uh, they're redoing power structures and everything for it, so um, you know that might be the only reason they're running all that fiber. Yeah, and this mentions you know that Netflix and Google, you know, for YouTube. Um, there's another article I believe we have for this as well. They're they're lowering the default resolution and bandwidth so that they can support more people using the service at a time. So. I haven't really noticed anything. Haven't really watched a ton of stuff this last week, but uh, I know they talked about that YouTube was going to go back to like a a standard resolution as default. You could still go and manually change it to an HD resolution, but um, it wasn't going to default to that auto automatically um, if you have it set to auto um, if it needs to to be able to scale down. So that could be an interesting thing. Um, haven't no- I haven't yeah. noticed that much on my side yet, but uh, maybe it's per area. I don't know. Well, I know when we uh... Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, the people that aren't kind of like always up to date on what's going on, how many people are going to call their cell phone provider or Mm -hmm. internet provider because they watch so much content from Netflix or YouTube and they see this possible pixelation or things not being as sharp? Yeah. You know, when it's simply them defaulting you know, the player to 480p or whatever it is and not knowing, hey, I can go in, 
and just oh i can change it to 1080p uh, i bet there's a lot of a lot of that going on and i would I would not want to work on a call center for those companies right now. <laughs> for Netflix. I would or never Hulu. want to work in a call center. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I mean, Darren, you just got a 4K TV. So it's like if you're used to seeing that 4K content when you start mm-hmm. up a Netflix or Amazon Prime video and now you're getting SD, 480p or maybe even right. 720p, if you're on a 60, 65 inch TV, you're going to notice a difference. I mean, oh, yeah. m- you know, more than likely. I'd, you know, some people may not, but, uh, Yeah, so it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. What I noticed, though, uh, I actually watched some uh, YouTube today, um, but I did notice that when we were screwing around with it the other day, and I was like, hey, mine defaulted, and then once I set it to come up to 1080, no matter what device I logged in on, because I was already logged into YouTube, it kept it at 1080. So it was just that one-time change that I've noticed, but I don't know if that. You know, I, I, I did on my iPad upstairs and, you know, I was down here on the computer and uh, I didn't have to ever change it. Like when I just pulled up our uh, live stream here, it defaulted to 1080. So. Hmm. Yeah. And that, I guess that kind of leads us into this, this next article that we had is, uh, you know, working from home makes you more vulnerable, vulnerable you know, to hackers, and uh, it gives some reasons why. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, you know, unless you're bringing your, you know, if you your corporate device home or, you know, if you're used to working in an office setting, um, you know, I could definitely see that. But uh, um, I guess it depends on, you know, what device you're using and if it's your personal device to go in and connect to work email or to get on a meeting or whatnot. But, you know, some of the things that they say to, to check our, you know, update your software. I mean, that's pretty basic, right? I mean, but you know, we all know there's people out there who yeah. don't do it. <laughs> you know, they there's don't, a lot they, of people that don't do it. They don't do the windows updates. They skip them. You know, they're not making sure your virus, your virus. Or they're still are running windows seven. And it's not <laughs> updatable anymore. And yeah. It's like, Okay. Or, or they're it's not. It's kind of funny that we're bringing this up as we had a, a conference call the other day at work, and uh, the the C, COO of the clinical engineering program was, you know, kind of hinting or hitting on the topic of, you know, those of us that are working at home, be mindful of phishing scams and, you know, whatever it might be. And yeah. he actually got hit with one. He wanted to get some more information about what's going on. So he signed up to uh, be part of an Amy online conference. And he said that no sooner did he like uh, apply for this, that he got an email from someone that had like an official Amy, you know, at Amy.org or whatever it is. And it somehow was someone's account that got, spoofed or hacked or whatever and by him clicking a link to be part of this whatever it was in this particular link completely took his work computer out wow and then i mean this is a guy that you know he's been kind of very high up in the organization for a while now you know being coo and just one little split second of you know could this really be real? Yeah. Having just, you know, applied for this and it got him. So he was like, guys, be super mindful of everything you're opening up. You know, if you're on our work computers, 
you know, at home. So it, it can happen to anybody. It really can. I mean, especially now, I mean, it's, you know, there's places that are sending out, you know, fake links and, and, you know, phishing and things like that. It, it's, it's going to be more prevalent during thing during times like this because it's, it's easier to sucker people in. Right. Oh yeah. They're, everyone's they're, so vulnerable. Yeah. They want to know that what that latest news or, or article or video post was all about. And, you know, it all, it just takes one click. And, and, and even if you have antivirus or, or, or some kind of protection, it doesn't always matter if it's something that's new. Right. You know, yeah. one of the things that, uh, that I have a lot of conversations about is, um, you know, antivirus is only as good as its latest updated definitions. So you're, you know, it's always lagging behind and it's always chasing that known bad. And there are things and, and solutions that where you can do, uh, more proactive and be more proactive, I guess, but those aren't usually available on the consumer side. So, you know, it's, it, it, it does take, uh, some diligence, on, on you know not to click those links and to think about where you're going before you before before you do before you go and um, yeah especially now working from home you know people tab out and go check Facebook or, or Twitter or whatever you know in between meetings or emails and you know it's it's a lot easier to, to get infected and uh, do you guys use antivirus on your devices uh, personal devices at home? I don't, I don't run anything, but I'm hardly ever on an actual computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of mine's mobile. The only thing I'm really doing on my computer is, is paying bills. Uh, So, and if I get an email that seems suspicious, it's coming up on my phone. So if I'm like, if I think I need to open it to check it out, I guess for whatever reason, I feel more comfortable opening it on my phone. Mm -hmm. Like not thinking that there's going to be something malicious that's going to take my phone over, even Mm -hmm. naive as that might sound. Um, So no, I I mean, I just run Windows Defender. So. Yeah. And I mean, and that's usually, I mean, if you, when you're in IT, I mean, you kind of know what to look out for. I mean, and I get emails occasionally from work where they're testing to see if you're going to open something. Right. And if you do, it's like, Oh, this was a test, uh, to see if, you know, this was a phishing, you know, or they'll see, or they'll, or you can report it. Right. You can, there's like a, a little icon that'll pop up in outlook or whatever. It'll say report phishing or, or whatever like that. So they're testing to see like how many, what's the percentage of people that are clicking it, not clicking it. And then, you know, so they know, are they doing a good enough job at education and, and things like that. And, you know, on the consumer side, you're not going to get that really. So, I mean, I run Bitdefender on all of my devices. So I have a family like annual subscription. It's like 70 or 80 bucks and I can install it on like 25 devices or something like that. So all of our phones, laptops, things like that are running it. I mean, but again, it's it's only as good as its last uh, update. It's 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 newest definitions. Um, so you're never 100% protected. Nothing is ever 100% protected. It's you know you just gotta put different layers of security and and um, you know uh, just being aware of what those things look like and and what the potential is for them. So, I mean, I know. Um, I'm I'm mostly Windows, Android, but the kids do use iOS. I know Darren, you have both. Matt, you, I think you have both too. But especially when you're using you know mixed OSs and devices, it's 
yeah, it's crazy to try to keep up with all that and, you know, making sure everything's patched and updated and all of that can be insane. Yeah. Uh, we had a, uh, uh, email going around from the, um, mayor, just somebody spoofed his email somehow. <laughs> and, you know, it was like, boom, boom, boom. Uh, don't open this email because it, it, it'll wreck some havoc. And uh, a couple of people already did, you know, it's just like, I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, cause I mean, nine times out of 10, there's some good ones out there and I've yeah. luckily never been caught on it. Um, so uh, it's just, it's just one of those things that it's like, pay attention. You know, it's like, Hey, your warranty has expired. <laughs> you know, I got, I got, I, I got one a, a call today. It was like, it was like, hey, uh, we're sorry, you were overcharged with your electric bill. Well, you know what? That ain't gonna work for me because I, I know I'm not with Duke Energy. So, <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it's common sense, right? And I think more people, um, they've either done it and so now they know better, or there's enough information out there. Uh, and, 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 you know, people, you know, I put stuff on social media randomly and, you know, I, when I talk to my family, because, you know, at, at some point you do get tired of fixing people's computers and it's been really, it really hasn't, you know, knock on wood, cause it hasn't been that bad the last couple of years. It's gotten much better with the modern OSs. But I mean, I remember where I would just have to reload a laptop because it's like, it's not even worth me trying to get whatever this is on, on there off it's just i just reload the os and start over right so it, it doesn't seem to be that bad uh anymore but um yeah it's it's always a, a struggle um another thing they mentioned too is using uh two-factor authentication whenever possible so i always try to use two-factor authentication whether that's you know my my uh cell phone and getting a text message a confirmation code or i use like the google um authenticator uh, and there's a couple other apps. There's uh, like the Microsoft has one. Some of the other, some other sites have their own. But uh, I always try to use two-factor authentication whenever possible. What about you guys? Uh, I I don't. <laughs> I hate two-factor. Uh, it's a, it's it's annoying, is what it is. It's like, <laughs> oh yes, I'm going to two-factor this. Oh crap, I'm not on the correct device. Let me go in the other room and get that. Oh, I only have 30 seconds to do it. Oh, crap. <laughs> now i got to resend the code. And I just I, I try to avoid it at all costs. But I do uh, – uh, I know with my Apple accounts, uh, it requires it. So, you know, that's that's fine. So, I think um, – is it Ring that, re that recently they started requiring two-factor? Because people – so many cameras were getting hacked and, you know, people were uh, – uh, trolling them, trolling people over their ring cameras. And so now I think they require it. I think a lot of other services are moving that way, but yeah. What about, I know, what about uh, you, Matt? Uh, I, I do not on everything. Uh, I don't know. It just depends on if it's something I feel like is going to be more susceptible to um, someone trying to hack into, even though I guess everything is susceptible. But, yeah. You know, there's, there's certain programs or, or sites that I do have that enabled on. What about, um, along the same lines, what about, uh, um, 
password applications. So you use something to store all your passwords, generate random passwords, things like that. I mean, I use LastPass. I've used it for years. And uh, I actually have a, I have the family subscription, and I, you know, so the kids in April have it too. But, um, you know, I know it's hit or miss with them. I'm pretty, I don't know, just being in IT and the security side of things for so long, I've seen so many people get, you know, have have their have their stuff get jacked up. So I try to use two factor, random password for every single login. Um, I mean, seriously, like I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what my Facebook password was because it's a randomly generated 20 character password (laughs) and it's saved in LastPass. Like I know what my, I mean, I have a master password that gets me into LastPass, which is also like a, it's like 30 characters long, completely random. Like I I have to go look it up whenever I need it. But (laughs) what are you, how are you guys along those lines? Do you use like... Do you use like the iOS or the Android password vaults or anything like that? No, no. But that, we did have that conversation not too long ago, Joe, about LastPass, and I, mm-hmm. I really need to uh, look look more into it because it's 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 a minimal charge for what you get. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's worth it in the long run to just go ahead and invest in it, and I just haven't done it yet just because I've been busy. What about you, Matt? You use anything along those lines? Uh, I don't, but I probably should. I guess from my perspective, I'm just I'm I would, you know, we just bought a new house recently, and um, you know, we it it took us, you know, when we bought our first house, it took us forever to build up our credit enough to be able to get the first house. So I I just I was afraid, you know, it only takes like if you get if you someone steals your identity and screws up your credit like it it can be so hard to get that straightened out and it only takes that one account getting hacked or reverse engineered before they get enough information to be able to go out there and open an account and you know who knows do's who know, do who knows what right that was that's the biggest thing that scares me um is something like that happening because it, it's so hard to get it cleaned up and and it's costly. I mean, you've got to hire. Sometimes you got to hire a lawyer, a professional to to do that. And I just don't. I'd rather pay and be a little bit more diligent and not have to to worry about that. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just over criti- thinking, uh, overthinking it or something. Not really. I mean, because you know, just like what was it? Maybe three three four weeks ago, I took my son to to breakfast at McDonald's, and you know, my boom, my fifth cart third car, uh, oh, car yeah, got yeah, hacked right. I forgot about that. within 20 minutes and you know luckily luckily i have alerts that anytime an online purchase is done it alerts me and boom it it said they called me and and that's 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 one of the when we were talking about uh like phishing scams or something like that because it's an automated did you make this charge? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know yeah. what? That's that. And it's some random number. And you're just like, you know, I'm not going to give you any information. Yeah. Then you call and it's like, yes, it was us. And well, why don't you, when you do that random number, say fifth, third bank, I mean, I'd be a little bit, still be a little bit skeptical because, yeah. you know, I can, I can say I'm calling from Matt's phone and call, call Lonnie, you know, it's like, you know, but luckily, there's the, the the banks are getting pretty good at at seeing that you're not in uh, Boise, Idaho, or whatever when you live in Milltown, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the next thing this article talks about. You know, you know, avoiding the phishing scams and things like that. You know, beefing up your personal security, whether that be using a VPN and whatnot. Um, I, yeah, so like I used I used a credit union for a long time, probably twenty years, and when I I switch I switched when I had switched jobs, uh, the time before last, and I started working in a new area. I started using new gas stations that I wasn't really super familiar with, but so within like six months, my ATM card got uh, hacked three times, and it, I mean it was probably a skimmer at one of those gas stations that I was using. Um, I think I remember you talking about that. Yeah, but it's like every time that would happen, I would have to go in, fill out a paper form, sign it to dispute the charge, and then they would have to mail me a new card, which would take a week, seven to ten business days. And it was just a pain in the butt. So we we switched to another. We switched to a new bank a couple of years ago, um, more of a national bank. Um, and like you said, like something like that happens, or they're using more artificial intelligence and machine learning behind the scenes. I think to figure out, okay, yes, they're tracking you. They know where you go. They know where you spend money. They know what your patterns are. That you go to the grocery every other Tuesday, or you buy gas once a week. Um, and you usually buy it from this same gas station. So if you're buying it from somewhere out of the normal, out of your normal pattern that it's learned, then, yeah, you're going to get those text messages. Hey, was this really you? And That's a good thing, but <laughs> you're also being tracked, um, and that information is being stored, right? So it's like, are yeah, they – Yeah, but if you carry are a they... cell phone, you're, you're being tracked. True, so... yeah. But what, are, what else are they doing with that data that – Right. That you don't know about, right? You know, or or like you know, I I sent a, a link to an article today that was kind of like a uh, clickbait article that I I don't think you responded to it, Joe, but I know Matt did. And then now I go on the Facebook and it's like the ads from freaking the the full whatever it was uh, <laughs> invested with us. It's yeah. like come on, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Liz just now, said that. They, they, she's had, um, phishing emails at work, you know, she's in healthcare as well. And, uh, you know, about coronavirus and yeah, she said that it's, it's, you know, she's seeing it as well. Now, do you still use that online, uh, bank also? I still have it, but I don't use it for much anymore. Um, probably, I don't know if I'll keep it long-term, but, uh, I do. Yeah. So it was an online only bank thing. I, I was, I kind of, I, so I got that. And during the transition of switching my regular banks just to have a backup because it sucks if you if your debit card gets hacked and you got to wait seven to ten business days to get a new one then you got to either pay cash or use a credit card or some other form of payment so i i got that as a backup just to have a couple hundred bucks on when that would happen because it was happening so much so yeah, luckily i haven't had that happen in a long time so you know i may not may not keep that uh, long term yeah when when mine happened it was like right before a holiday and i was doing something and do it i can't remember what it was but luckily uh they let me go in and uh thank you they let me go in and they turned my card on for like 30 seconds and like 15 more charges went through as i was drawing money out of the atm so right. i mean they got like 300 and like three hundred eighty or three hundred ninety dollars out of us, but you know it was back in there like four or five days later. It wasn't. Yeah. 
it was it was more of an inconvenience than than anything you know but but if you were if you were lower income and lived paycheck to paycheck, I mean, I could see where that would really be devastating to people. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, how am I going to get to work? How am I going to fill my car up? Especially if you, you got to wait for a week to get it back. I mean, yeah, I know. And when I used to have first financial, you could just walk right in. They'd print you a new one right there. Yeah. I mean, but, have you had any problems with that, Matt, recently in the last couple of years with uh, debit card issues or? Uh, I pretty, I think the last one was, uh, something happened around the time we were going on our trip to Disney in oh, 2018. Um, some some random stuff was showing up after the trip, um, but not, not not in a while. Hmm. Yeah, I know my biggest one during that whole the gas station thing. Well, I'm, I think it was a gas station. I never would probably ever know, but um, somebody like bought some Walmart gift cards. Um, like digital online gift cards or whatever, and then uh, somebody bought a laptop off of like CDW or something, and like shipped it to some address in Chicago. Like it was like a seven hundred dollar laptop. Like that was the biggest charge I ever had. But then again, so you're talking about seven hundred bucks, and then it takes you know a week to get it back, plus a couple hundred bucks in Walmart, whatever. So, I mean, luckily, I mean, my, the the credit limit the the credit union the limit on the daily withdrawals from the debit card was like a thousand bucks so they couldn't exceed that which it's higher now with my other bank um uh so that kind of scares me a little bit so i never keep more in my checking account than i need i mean i'll keep a little cushion in there but if i have a Mm -hmm. if i have more in there than i'm comfortable with i'll move it to savings or whatever so um that if something like that does happen i'm not not worried about them draining the whole thing uh in a day Hmm. I probably need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I try. I try to keep. I mean, we're Elizabeth's budget star is pretty good, so you know we pretty much stay where we need to be. Yeah. But uh, just I was looking at our live feed just a second ago, and I don't know if uh, she started something up upstairs or whatever, but my uh, YouTube dropped down to three sixty. I was like, "Why is that so pixelated?" This is just, like a stream. Or I guess. Something. I guess when it caught caught back up, it, it jumped back up to the 1080. So I don't mm-hmm. know if we're putting a strain on the internet right now. It's our uh, fault. Doing all this live streaming, I got uh, 13 tabs open and a live stream open, and then we're video conferencing. Yeah, yeah, we're we're destroying it right now. Huh? <laughs> so the the next article we had in the list was um and this is um and i threw this out there probably won't spend a lot of time on this but i i have uh for whatever reason i've been seeing a lot of stuff from bill gates lately um you know he did a ted talk like five years ago about i don't know if you guys are familiar but uh he and his wife uh bill and melinda gates they started the bill and melinda gates foundation when he retired from microsoft Mm-hmm. And there's, they have a ton. They put a ton of their money into it, and one of the big things that um, one of the big things that they were they were they were focusing on with that is um, uh, viruses, and uh, they started with malaria. Malaria was a big one, like just providing nets to third world countries to keep the rate of malaria, to reduce the rate of malaria. Then they moved on to more viral infection type type diseases. With like the flu, Ebola, um, 
you know, H1N1, all, all of those strands of the different ones. And he did this TED Talk like five years ago talking about that we weren't doing enough and we weren't going to be prepared for the, this this next, you know, pandemic. And here we are five years later and we aren't. We, 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 we weren't. But I, I don't know that... I don't, I don't, I don't, it, regardless of the, the, the current administration, I don't, I don't care who the, 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 who's in the White House. I don't think anybody would have been prepared for this. Oh yeah. There's no way there's, I mean, you have, a, a, you know, so many groups of advisors, you know, it's not necessarily who's in the White House. It's, you know, he's trusting people to tell, well, he or she is trusting people to tell them, Hey, we need to think about this. And, you know, those groups just apparently don't have those thoughts yeah. or just think we're too strong of a country, you know, that, Oh, that'll never happen to us. Right. And, and my, and my we, opinion. And no, and I totally agree with you. I mean, we are a, a pampered nation. I mean, I, I'm upset now because I don't get my Amazon packages in two days. <laughs> you know, I mean, and and then it got to where it was like a day. If I ordered something, it was here the next day. And yeah. and and now it's like a thirty day delivery. I mean, my subscribing say was delayed a week. You know, just the tragedy, first world problems. You know, and and it's not fair for us. I mean, it just I, I did a Snapchat earlier, you know, and saying this sucks. It's, it's horrible that, that all this is happening. But you know what I did see? I saw families being able to be connected and out and enjoying themselves and not having to worry about, oh, we got to go to work. We got to go to baseball. We got to go to soccer. We got to go to this. We got to go to that. You know, and, it, it, and they were just out walking as a family. I mean, it was just, it just blowed my mind, you know. And, and, and in our fast-paced world, and we want it here now and, and there, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, you need to look at that and be like, okay, maybe we do need to, to, to restructure how we live, you know? Yeah. I mean, will this be a wake up call? Will we, will this invoke significant change in any way? I mean, I hope so. I mean, we have to, right? I mean, we have to learn and adapt from this or, well, you know, it's, it's going to be, this is probably going to happen again in our lifetime, unfortunately. Um, and we have to make this uh, something that we're prepared for um, going forward. It could be a seasonal thing. I mean, we, we just don't know, right? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Matt, you, you being in healthcare, I mean, you're probably seeing this more than we are. Um, you know, and it's just, it's got to be, I mean, like, what do you think some of the changes uh, or, or impact. I mean, we are already seeing that, you know, of course, the economy, things like that. But w- yeah. what would you like to see change after this? Man, uh, it, it's really hard to to say what one thing or some things need to change. I mean, it's you. You almost like want to because of the fear of just how everything is playing out these last, you know, week, week and a half for us is you get like this, this prepper mentality, but you can't necessarily have that in healthcare. Like you can't have all these 
vents or anesthesia machines or, um, you know, beds available, staff available. You just unfortunately have to roll with the punches. That's just how it is. But I think there should be a point where the, the government in a way needs to have a bigger, you know, emergency, emergency stash of equipment um, to deploy out quickly if necessary, but not put that financial burden on the hospital systems. You know, but, you, but is that you, huh? is is that the government's responsibility though? But that's one I thing mean, that could could or should or would change after all of this is, you know, you can't you you just can't put that kind of money into having devices or people on hand that aren't producing you money. You know, it's all about the dollar. You know, so you can't just have 30 extra ventilators sitting around not being utilized because we're worried about this next pandemic. You know, you can't have all this extra, you know, full-time staff on hand because of the next, you know, it just, I, I don't think healthcare can, can function that way without some kind of, you know, government intervention, I mean, however it end up, you know, whether whether it's a state or a federal level or uh, we yeah. need we need some kind of reserve system right i mean i i hear um stories about you know maybe they they'll call on people in other healthcare fields like you know um primary care physicians things like that i mean if it gets bad enough they may have to have people come in you know if you're a podiatrist or whatever you know um emts i mean it's like if it gets bad enough i'm sure people it's like Italy. You hear about there was a bunch of stories about doctors coming out of retirement, healthcare workers coming out of retirement to help, and they were older population and they were more susceptible to these to the to this disease and they're dying. But I mean, but they 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 knew that they were the only ones that could help because there wasn't anybody else. And hopefully, there's changes that happen around that. I mean, on the the business side of things, I'm seeing, you know. I think about what kind of business continuity and disaster recovery planning will come out of this because no one ever, I don't care who you are, no one ever plans for the majority of their workforce having to work remotely or from home. And very few places were prepared for that. And seeing a lot of scrambling the last couple of weeks to kind of, you know, get everyone productive again because they're they're working from home. And uh, it, it, there has to be changes that come out of this to make this better and to for, to better prepare us for the next time, right? Oh yeah, I mean, there's definitely gonna for me for us in healthcare. There's gonna be almost as soon as the you know the chaos calms down, you're gonna see probably an influx across the nation of more you know pandemic awareness. Um, CEUs that staff will have to do. Um, I, I see that coming, you know, something annually, semi-annually that we'll just have to, um, you know, prepare ourselves for. Yeah. Um, and then possibly more cross training of staff or whatever. Cause you know, part of the problem is, is you have all these various, you know, levels of education across the hospital. You know, a lot of them are you know, very specialized 
and let's say some people are now out of work because whatever you know their department that they're in their workload has been reduced because of you know less selective cases or whatever it may be and now they're out of work but if there was some cross training you know because yeah you're a nurse for this specialized area but if you could take some training to allow you to be more um, able to help you know on the front line you know that could be another option too that you know will change of um, just have you know opening your availability to help during this time for those that want to be able to help um, that otherwise just couldn't because they don't have the proper training yeah yeah and I guess that I mean that kind of leads us into like the next point of this article is you know talking about the the daily occurrence of people who are contracting the virus and you know we've seen that huge spike in China we I mean, we talked about it a lot and we sent texts and things back and forth about the different data uh, data sites that are out there and dashboards and things like that and you know and we were talking you know kind of like how you know what is this going to look like for the US and we're kind of seeing that we're still seeing that upward trend and you know we're waiting for that peak and then the leveling off and then you know the, the, the falling back off of the of the trend and um, you know just today the you know the governor of Ohio was talking about in the beginning they, they were they were saying they they were expecting you know 50 to 60 thousand cases a day but because of the actions that they took and you know the social distancing the you know the self quarantine you know stay at home you know they're, they're seeing that more like 10 but even 10. And, and they're saying it could be mid-February before we see it start dropping off. I mean, the 10,000 new cases a day between now and mid-February, I mean, that's, you know, half a million almost and, uh, you know, maybe more. And that's still a lot. And if you have a 2 to 3% mortality rate, you know, the strain the strain is still going to be there. And, you know, we, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah, we would have, you know, maybe it would have been better to do this sooner. But, you know, it is what it is. And. Hopefully, hopefully soon we start seeing this level off because, you know, if you look at New York and some of the other big cities, you know, L.A. and, and what's happened out in, in Seattle, I don't want to see that over every, you know, major city in the U.S. It's just, it'll be, yeah. it'll be bad. Yeah, that tracker just... that you, uh, that map you sent out today that is kind of interactive, you could click on a, a county and it tells you how many cases it has and deaths. I didn't realize, I mean, obviously I didn't know, but, man, Indianapolis, their numbers are, like, really high. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And, I mean, that's just so close so close to home, and you know, in my opinion. Well, I just I just pulled up my home assistant, and I, you know, you, I've been sending screenshots because I have a tracker for the coronavirus on there, which is kind of silly when it first started because this was, you know, a month ago. It was like, oh, you know it is what it is it's just the flu but uh it's kind of serious now but uh i don't know how accurate this number is because i haven't checked it off of anything else but it says in the u.s confirmed it's uh over 101 uh thousand right yeah, now I, and 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 1581 dead yeah yeah that's scary yeah i just pulled up uh, and i'm showing it on the stream now i just pulled up the johns hopkins uh, dashboard, the one that we, you know, we've kind of all been looking at over the last week or so. And yeah, 593, 593,000, uh, globally, 
you know, the U.S. I, we were just talking okay, about this. Mine's, yesterday. Yeah, mine's and, right up there with that one. And, and then a hundred and a hundred and one thousand U.S. So, and we were, and, you know, we were just talking about this yesterday, like right before the U.S. And I said the U.S. is getting ready to surpass China, and now Italy surpassed China. So it's like, you know. Yeah, but is How, China actually reporting? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, maybe not. And 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 on the flip side of that, how many people haven't been diagnosed and haven't gotten a test or have had it and now they are over it that we'll never know about? I mean, you know, it could be way higher than this for all we're aware of. And yeah. um, you know, well, think, think back to to December, and I've said this before. You know, back in December, everybody was sick. I mean, like, really yeah. sick. Was that the coronavirus that been there, you know? I mean, how how long has this been around? Yeah. Well, Just because some random how long, how long has it been? In, how long has it been in the U.S. and we didn't know about it, right? I mean, yeah. it was probably way before, you know, we started reporting on it, unfortunately. So, yeah, hopefully we get to that peak and that that plateau as soon as possible. And... Then we start, you know, seeing the the downfall, you know, back towards uh, reduction. So that's that's what we want to see. So it just it just be nice to get back to a little bit of normalcy. I mean, because yeah. you know, I I need to go to the store. I mean, Elizabeth went to the to Kroger earlier and did grocery shopping, and and she bought two types of fish. And had to put back the other meat she had because you were only allowed two types of meat. That's it. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. So it's it's. I mean, we have stuff in the freezer. I mean, it's no big deal. But right. But that's that's the world we're in now, and all uh, and all these people. You know, I know we got an article about it about everybody doing the the hoarding toilet paper I I have a funny picture I wish I could uh, just post it up actually you know here here it is this was a couple weeks ago yeah I I just pulled that that's the next article actually (laughs) is yeah uh, I mean what you know so my green screen ain't gonna let me have it there's my there's my wife she was excited to get two rolls of toilet paper (laughs) and some paper towels you know (laughs) yeah yeah, that's like, you know, this is, you know, why why are people doing this? And, you know, it talks about uh, retail therapy. Like, you know, some people use shopping as a release, right? It, it's 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 their way to de-stress. And so this, you know, contributed to that. And then they also talk about the optical illusion of shortage, which, you know, if you know everybody's buying something, whether or not you need it or not at that time, you're like, oh, maybe I better go buy some too because maybe there really is going to be a shortage. So it's 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 like herd mentality. It it, it or, feeds it just feeds the negativity and still is to some respect, I think. Right. I mean, we were we were already we we only had like five rolls left. I mean, we needed toilet paper when she went and got that stuff. I mean, so it's like, uh, you know. <laughs> And I know you all. You said you had a couple extra packs down there. If we needed some, you'd yeah, you'd give it to us. So yeah, I mean, family yeah. four. We usually try to keep about a month's worth of certain things, and um, just so I don't have to buy them every week. You know, nothing to do with this, but yeah. What was you gonna say, Matt? I was gonna just say that you know our neighbor across the street. 
his wife was messaging uh, my wife and just it for whatever reason got brought up that uh, you know the husband had, had went to the local store and came home with toilet paper and she's like why did you get that it was like the only one left on the shelf yeah. she's like but we didn't need it the and scarcity then I guess a few mentality. days later he went to the store again and came home with more toilet paper and she's like if you come home with more toilet paper i am going to kill you <laughs> so i guess if we need more toilet paper we just got to go across the street yeah. and get it from them because they're stocked up yeah i mean oh, and fun. you you know if one out of every five people are doing that that's what that that leads to that cycle it's like it's like, oh, it's a scarcity thing. Well, what if I not? What if I don't have it when I need it? I better buy some if I see it. So yeah, it just feeds the cycle, and it'll it'll never end. Um, and, but what's crazy though is it's not it's not just the toilet paper. Like you could almost yeah. pick any item, yeah. and it's just selling like crazy right now. Like Bleach. apparently you yeah. can't buy a gun. Like there's no guns in stock anywhere ammo guns yeah i i have plenty of guns in stock (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah uh i mean because when this happened i was looking at bidets anyways and i was like oh well they're 50 60 dollars on amazon yeah well you get on amazon and they're all sold out the 50 60 dollar ones The, the closest next one was like $240. $240. I was like, I'm not paying $240 for something that sprays water on my butt. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you see all those memes and stuff with the people hooking up the, the water hose, the sprayers. Yeah, TikTok, oh, TikTok was was all over yeah. it on, the, no. on some of those videos. It was quite, quite hilarious. I did look at, like, the tushy ones, you know, a few like probably last summer. I kept getting for yeah, whatever but, reason, but, but, you know... Their videos are hilarious, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there may be a, there may be a lot of bidets in people's futures. Just to, you know, even if you just have one, you know, one bathroom with one, you know. So if you do have a toilet paper, but... my luck, my luck, I would be in there drinking. <laughs> <laughs> uh... All right, let's move the, let's move to some tech. Enough of the. <laughs> Enough of the TP talk, I guess. But uh, so the next article I had up in here was the uh, the SpaceX. You know, so they just they just did another batch of the Starlink satellites. So I don't know what the total is up to now. It's got to be a few hundred at this point. But they just did another a round of sixty, and then their their last flight. Um, you know, I think uh, what was it here? If it has the date, uh, last week they had an in-flight rocket failure. So, you know, they're, they're using the Merlin engines. There's a cluster of them. There's not just one engine. Um, and I guess uh, they had a, an issue um, with one of the engines. So now NASA's, you know, saying, hey, before we do the, the crew missions, the Dragon crew missions, before we put the astronauts up in there, which is supposed to be sometime this summer, um, they're wanting to look at, uh, look at it further to, to determine what happened. So that they can make sure that it's not an issue with the crewed missions. Um, I know we've right, been because we've we been don't following want a Challenger, yeah, Challenger no. incident again. I mean, because no. that was horrible. No. I mean, because now, I mean, I as a child was actually there that day, and it might, you know, I can still hear in my head my grandma going, "That's not right. Something's not right," and then it, it exploded. You know, mm-hmm. so. I, I'm glad that they're taking a, a step back, but also, wow, 
congrats, Elon. You know, I mean, four, you know, four landings and reused of the same rocket. I mean, yeah, it it, it is it's it's a double edged double edged sword on that. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure they're still testing the viability of how many. I mean, I think they said four is the most they wanted to do. So, you know, and I don't know what generation the Falcon 9 was for this, but because uh, there's like, what are they up to? Like four or five now revisions. So, I mean, you know, but there's there, there has to be failures. There's going to be failures. Um, hopefully they happen um, and it's something they can learn from and improve on before we get to the crewed missions. So, I mean, I, I think they've they've had so many missions at this point. Um, they've got to have a ton of data that they can reference and and learn from. And you know, I understand NASA's perspective. They want to be cautious, you know, especially when we're getting ready to do crew the first crew mission since the shuttle program, right? Right. Did you did you did you actually watch that uh, Merlin One D uh, YouTube video that was on that link? Uh, this this link for this one, or is that a different one? Uh, no, it was on this link. I think it's right underneath that photo you got up right now. <clears throat> if you scroll down just a hair more, it's uh, oh, this one, yeah, the test, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. the test, yeah, that thing was that thing was awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so that was the first in-flight failure of one of yeah. those engines ever. But the good thing is, is that there's a cluster of them. There's many of them, so one failing isn't necessarily an issue now depending on what that failure is it could be catastrophic but yeah so i mean it's good that maybe it's a good thing this happened now before the crewed missions and you know, definitely it's something you want to happen during the crewed mi- the crew mission well and like you said you know in, in, in an article they were like well we only normally want to do it four times yeah you know and they pushed it for the fifth and 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 they saw what happened and then they can take that data I mean, I know it'll take them a while to to extrapolate that data and then and turn it into something that they can use. But I mean, think of how much that NASA is paying to send up an astronaut through the Russians, yep, just to go up to the space station. I mean, it's in the billions. I can't. I I know I looked at it once before, but I don't remember exact numbers. But I mean, that's astronomical i mean why (laughs) yeah yeah they're saying that this could um so the initial um crewed flight was scheduled for late mid to late may and this could push it back by four to six weeks which i mean that's yeah that's understandable but uh you know i think we'll get there and that's that's a crazy time frame too i mean just kind of think about it's only going to push it back four to six weeks right yeah like I feel like if that was if this was the the government NASA, you know, trying to to make this happen, I feel like a failure failure like that or you know this hiccup would push it back, you know, months and months and months. And the fact that Elon's like, oh, you know, this might set us back a little bit, it's just it's mind blowing that you know he has just that much faith in that uh, in that project. Right. Uh, did you did you either of you ever listen to the book or read the book uh, of, of Elon Musk? Yep, yep. And and he kept going, okay, here's here's just cashing out, and okay, if that one blew up, okay, here's some more, 
And, you know, he was at his last one and it took off. Yep. You know, and, and it's it's amazing the, the money that that man puts back into uh, the R&D of everything. And it, yeah. I mean, he is a true, he is, he is our Einstein of our generation, I, I, I guess. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, well, just, yeah people say, well, he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's a billionaire, but it's all in stock. Like, <laughs> when when the Tesla or or SpaceX <laughs> or SolarCity or whatever, when any of those companies, like, whenever they're, they have a stock hit, his net worth fluctuates because he... It's all liquid, right? He doesn't. It's not. He doesn't have a billion dollars sitting in the bank. It's all tied up into his companies and the mm-hmm. stock. It's all invest reinvested. So they were like, "Oh, he's a billionaire." I'm like, "Yeah, but if these companies tank um, and go bankrupt, he's not going to have any money. It's all reinvested. You know, he's all in." Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So the next one, uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. So this guy did this video um, um, about his Model S. So 146,000 miles, and he, you know, so he did a video. Uh, okay, so what kind of battery degradation should you expect over over something uh, driven that that many miles? So, I mean, I would say, I don't know what the normal car is driven nowadays, but I would say 150 is probably, you know. A lot of newer cars are a lot of cars in the last ten years are probably getting that, uh, so I think this is pretty comparable, right? I mean, yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, so he goes on to say it's um it's a 2015 Model S 70D, 146,000 miles, um, over a thousand charging cycles. What so, I found funny about it when I watched the video of it is. He's only had it for forty thousand miles of that. You oh, know? really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I think he said, I think he said he put on. I think he said he put on the forty thousand of it uh, at the end of it somewhere. But hmm. uh, so he bought it used, and and I mean the the life that he's still getting out of those batteries, that battery pack is just amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he says. Average American drives 15,000 miles per year. This has been double that, averaging 30. Um, so the initial calculations, it says that it was retaining about 83% of the original capacity, but then they edited it, they edited it on the 25th and said that they miscalculated by 4 kilowatt hours so that it's really about 90 It was about uh, 90% of the original capacity, which works yeah, out... <clears throat> Which he works, also screwed up that test a little bit though by doing those pulls at the end. Yeah, that I don't know why we did that, but yeah. So, but even I mean, even if you round this up ten or ten, ten percent or down or up, either way, it, so it's saying about one percent degradation or one percent battery capacity rather for every fifteen thousand miles, and then the original calculation was uh, about one point seven percent for every fifteen thousand miles. So you know he did. So let's just say it's 1.5, you know, just to, to average those two. Um, that's pretty good, I guess. I mean, I would think it would be – but, you know, they also do – they don't let you – they recommend not charging it above, was it 90, 80 to 90%? Right. And then not draining it below 10%. Um, right. 
Yeah, unless you're going on like a long trip, they don't uh, want you to charge it to 100%. But what really kills me is it it's it's a 2015 technology. Yeah. You know, everything has changed. So I I am very curious to see what happens uh, when Maxwell Technologies comes into play with their dry cell and to see what they get out of those. Right. Yeah, yeah, that will be interesting. Yeah, so I mean that's, I mean it's 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 promising because I mean, you know, like I said, I think 2015 was the first year of the Model S, right? So we we don't mm-hmm. really have a lot of long term data, so things like this are pretty cool. Yeah, it just makes me feel that much more comfortable, you know, in four or five years when I can finally buy my Model Three or my Y. When I buy it used, you know, I don't really need to worry about the, the higher mileage on the battery pack um, because what's, you know, available now should be, in theory, you know, a, a little more efficient than what's in the 2015 model in this, you know, article you know, because they've updated the drive motors to, have, you know, mm-hmm. have uh, be more efficient, you know, just all the steps that they've taken. So, you know... To, to buy a, a used three or Y with 50, 60, 80,000 miles on it, you know, this is, this is some really good news. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see how that data plays out as they introduce new technologies, new battery technologies, new, new cell configurations, things like that. Uh, yeah. The rapid charging and yeah, all the other stuff. Uh, what's really, I think is going to push that, envelope is uh everybody joining in you know gm ford well ford with rivian and uh all the other ones i can't think of them right offhand but you know porsche. yeah yeah porsche. Of course well i mean there was an article i sent probably six eight months ago about mercedes saying by 2024 or 25 that they were going to be all electric all their lines, which was mind blowing because AMG is a huge part of Mercedes. So, yeah. Um, the next one I had queued up here was I think we, we've kind of already talked about this, right? About YouTube limiting bandwidth, uh, mm-hmm. the bandwidth, the video quality for for bandwidth reduction. So, don't need to spend a lot of time on that, I don't think. But uh, yeah, it is interesting. I guess you know. I, I, pay attention to this over the next week or two to see if, you know, if you notice a difference, I guess. And, you know, when you load up a video, is it defaulting to a uh, standard definition or, or something that you can notice it's not, you know, auto or 1080p or something like that. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. I, you know, we talked about this a lot, I think, or, you know, when it, when this first came out is the, the, this information from electric about, uh, the Model Y being the first Tesla vehicle with a heat pump, which mm-hmm. uh, will help increase the efficiency and give you more battery range because, you know, previously everything used, um, you know, the, uh, the you know, it used uh, like a, like a strip heat, like, heaters. Yeah, like a strip heater. Um, yep. And now the heat pump's kind of using some of that energy that's ar- that already exists in the system to uh you know not only condition the batteries and the temperature but then it's used for the cabin conditioning as well so 
I thought this was uh, pretty cool. So um, I didn't see like any hard numbers. Like I'm, I'm sure that'll come out over the next few months or year or whatever about like what, how much, what, what's the percentage that you're gaining? Is it three percent? Is it five percent? I mean, we, we probably really won't know until until we get some you know, longer term data through some different seasons and weather conditions and, um, different parts of the world. But, uh, it makes sense. I I would think they'd have to know what it was. I mean, I don't, I don't know that Tesla's comfortable giving that information out, but if you think about it, like for me, I have a heat pump, Mm -hmm. you know, so when I have to use emergency heat, I'm firing up, you know, three 10 K elements, you know, to heat the house. So, I would assume they know what kind of element heater they're using in that battery pack and in the car, you know, to provide warmth to the batteries and to heat the cabin. And now the heat pump we know is way more efficient. So I I bet they know, but they're just kind of keeping it under wraps um, just to, because, you know, everyone right now with this, why is, is kind of a guinea pig for this technology. So, they probably don't want to come out right away and and make big claims about uh, what impact this is going to have overall. Yeah, but yeah, they, be, know. they, they yeah. have they have to know. Yeah, they have to have some you know test data that they've gathered, you know, or or they wouldn't have made the decision to move to this. Right, it had to be significant significant enough to warrant the move. Oh yeah, um, because I I, I I I wouldn't imagine this would be cheaper on the hardware side of things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, Matt Matt said, you know, I have two furnaces in mine. I have one on that's electric backup and the other one's propane. So, you know, when when I can't use the, the heat pump, it, it really hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. so, so, I mean, I, I know as of my energy consumption uh the the electric backup is a little bit different than the propane but i still have to buy my propane you know yeah but my electric backup it that is my main burner and that's what puts my bill so high and and luckily (laughs) this year we have not had a bad winter at all so you know i'm on one tank of propane and and our electric bill is pretty much stayed the same it hasn't grown or anything you know so i've been yeah. thankful for that but you know on the hindsight of it it's like well crap we're gonna have a ton of mosquitoes this year <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah that'd be i think kind of what we were talking the other day joe and in, in the text i believe is you know it'd be interesting to see how they implement this heat pump in the three and the s and the x is because uh, it's going to have to end up being how can we make the most money off of this probably yeah and because it's it's more you know costly during production is it going to end up being that winter package that you could add um for them to be able to recoup some of that money back because oh if you need this winter package you know and they they boast uh you know increased range and stuff like that um so that someone in Florida who's not really going to see those colder temperatures, you know, they can they don't have to opt in for that heat pack or 
maybe somehow make it so that the cost of the car doesn't increase or, you know, whatever it may be, right. you know, as time goes on, it'll just yeah, be interesting that, to see what they do with it. Yeah. That heat pump can't cost that much. Yeah. I, I would I, not think. I'm interested to see like what, what, <clears throat> what that breakdown is. Right. And, and then like Matt said, is like, when does it make sense to roll out into a refresh of the other models at some point? Yeah. Right. But I think adding it on, on a 2015 model is going to be, more uh oh that's costly yeah, than, be than, option, than it's worth right you know cool so the, i had a couple of things about uh half-life half-life alex so i know we've we've kind of talked about vr a little bit you guys have tried some vr when you've been over here um i think uh, it's you know leaps and bounds over what i remember you know initially trying two or three years ago right and it's the technologies quickly advancing um and then I just thought this was interesting because IGN gave its first 10 out of 10 to Half-Life Alex, and this is the first one they've given out since 2018. So I thought that that, that was pretty cool and it warranted, a, you know, at least a mention um, because it's a VR game, right? It's not it's not a regular, you know, just, you know, PC game or, or, or console game. So I thought that was pretty cool that... And the first 10 out of 10 they've given since 2018 was for a VR title. Now, is that the, is that the video I sent you? <laughs> like, I want to play this game. It was, yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then to, to kind of follow up on that, there was another article about, um, you know, talking about the best hardware for, um, for VR and, you know, what the different choices are out there. And, you know, I have the, uh, I have the Oculus Rift S, which is um, probably in the middle of the road as far as uh, what's available. Uh, you can see in this, the second from the left is the controller that I have. The I think the very left was the first Rift controller. Then you got the the Oculus controller, which is a little bit better. And then, um, then I think the third one is the current uh, Half-Life, the, the Valve, that half-life the steam uh, valve index um, which that's the one I was telling you Darren has it can track your individual finger movements so it's supposed well, to be because this game you, I guess you wear gloves and you have like force abilities kind of um, it's really good for that because it can individually track all of your finger movements and when you grab and pick something up like there was this I, I watched a couple people stream in the game uh, over the last few nights because it came out this week and one of the first parts of the game there's some markers and then you got this big glass window and people were taking these markers and like drawing artwork like literally like that detailed huh. oh my god <laughs> I mean, all, all i cared all i cared about was that guy beat that dude's head <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I thought that was pretty cool so and then uh, the last thing we have, uh, I think uh, Matt, I think you put this on here, didn't you? The uh, the Bugatti. The, no, uh, I put I put that loudest. on there. Yeah, that this was, was pretty cool. Crazy, a full this titanium. Is the, the world's loudest. Off. I mean, what what did I do wrong? I mean, because this guy is my age and has a Bugatti and all kinds of other crap. You know, I guess yeah. his business is he he rents exotic cars. So, yeah, but, and if yeah, uh, 
and I'll just say for anybody that's interested, I'm, I, I don't want to play it on the stream as I don't know if there's any copyrighted music or anything in there, but all of these links to the articles we're talking about, I'll put them in the show notes. I'll put them in the description. So if anybody wants to go back and look at any of this on your own, uh, it'll be down there. Yeah, it's, it, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, it's amazing to, to see I mean, the, just look at the that, look system at, that they're yeah, taking look, out. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. That is that the original one or is that the new one? Uh, the one on the the screenshot right there uh, the, 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 with the blue is, in it is the is the new one is the yeah. new one. The other one the other one looks like a big box. It looks uh-huh. like just just add an Amazon box around all that and and you got and you got the the original one because they have to yeah they have to do the 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 noise pollution stuff and all that you know it's yeah. like. I don't know if it says in the article, but the original one itself is also like titanium and is is pretty lightweight. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh one the the original was like twenty nine pounds I think, and the and then the new one was like five. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a huge, it was a huge, and then he was talking about redoing the uh, uh, I guess that has a catalytic converter for every turbo. That so one, there was the like, new one? Yeah, there was like, no, the, the original the one. one. So there's like six Cadillac converters on that thing. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, if, if you get a chance, if, if anybody's watching this, to watch the video, but, you know, it's just I mean, it it's looks, crazy it what looks these people wicked. invent. Just, you know, it's a wicked car anyway, but, uh, well, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I remember when you first to... sent that, and it's like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I'm all about the clean, quiet electric. But Jesus, there's something about that. Yeah, that, there's just something that, about that, 16, that vibration, right? <laughs> that that V16 is just a rumbling, you know. I mean, but you know, when it costs twenty five thousand dollars just to do an oil change on something, <laughs> I, I don't want it. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's the. Uh, that's it for the links. Um, anything, um, any closing comments or, or ideas uh, that you want to share? Not this was really. As fast as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, Matt was super <laughs> nervous. And, uh, yeah. I think I think it turned out rather well. Yeah, I know. I, I've gotten a little bit of frame drop and some stream buffering, so I don't know if it's it's that internet acting up. We were talking about it, and it's coming back to haunt us. So um, we'll we'll see what happens, but. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to end the stream now, guys. Um, stay on for just a minute, and we can kind of talk okay. afterwards and, uh, um, you know, kind of get our thoughts. But thank you for everybody that, that has watched during the, the live streaming um, and everybody that, that will watch in the future. Hopefully the stream buffering and the, fr- the dropped frames wasn't too terrible. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, if you enjoyed this, please uh, uh, please like and subscribe. We would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Right. Yes, yes, and please. I think – I think uh, when we uh, are able to uh, eliminate the social distancing, actually yeah. being in a room and getting the energy uh, instead of three different screens, it's, it's, I think the it'll go on better. Yeah, the plan is to eventually we'll do this together on one camera and you know be a little more cohesive at that point. Maybe we'll see. I mean, I think this is pretty good. It's pretty good first. Yeah, I and, I liked it the way we did it. Um, we'll. We'll uh, we'll see what happens when uh, we can actually meet in person again, right? So, <laughs> thanks everyone. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>